On QAV447 today, on the free episode, we're here, we'll be talking about Stock Doctor, who uh, stopped issuing their Lincoln valuations, or what we call the SDIV, recently, and how that affected us. NAB has breached its sell line, but also went ex-div, so we have to remember how to factor that back into the sell price. We sold CLX from the QAV portfolio last week, uh, or actually this week. Uh, coal price is dropping, but not quite a three-point sell. VTG back on the buy list. ECX has new results. HAW is now in the iron ore business. Our stocks of the week, YOW and PRU, and whether or not rule number one applies to small caps. That's what's coming up in the free episode of QAV Now. No, somebody said, no, sorry, I was just, I shouldn't say, I, I start the podcast the same way every time. I'm going to do something different this time. Just get into it. No, welcome back. None of that. This is it. We're talking. How are you, Tony? Good. Nice and relaxed. Thank you. <laughs> You've been out of the office this week. Playing golf on a trip up to the Hunter no, Valley. Don't, what? Don't say that. Uh, and I'm trying to hide the fact that you're playing golf. Oh, okay. I want people to think that you're... I don't know, handling affairs of state or something like that. Don't you want people to think that uh, QAV is so successful I can go and play golf for three or four days? I think everyone knows it's got, well, not QAV, the podcast is so successful. Ah, okay. yeah. no, you're investing. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, okay. So you've been playing golf and it, you got rained on? Oh, it was shocking, yeah. Drenched. First day drenched, second day half drenched, third day a little bit drenched, but yeah. And was your liver drenched as well during this uh, trip? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, lots of good Hunter Valley wine. That's good. Which we tried. We had a dinner at uh, Lindemann's, the famous wine makers, and uh, got stuck into their Pyrus, which is their nice red. That was lovely. Lovely. It got to the stage where people were buying bottles in like two and twos and fours rather than just going up and getting another bottle. So it was, right. uh, it was a good night. Well, that's good. Yeah. Need to look after yourself, though, Tony. We need you. We, you can't. Don't go giving yourself cirrhosis of the liver now. A big shout out to Andrew, one of our subscribers who came over. Who was on the trip? I wouldn't know anyone there besides the usual people, and they came over and introduced himself, which was lovely. That's great. It's nice to meet a listener. Yeah. I know that you sort of cut back on the booze during COVID, so you're just you're locked down. You're making up for it now. Like you yeah, gave your liver definitely. a break, and now you <laughs> created some space to the detox, whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the COVID detox. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh, investing stuff. Oh, by the way, I did. Uh, Chrissy and I did our first uh, Wing Chun grading on the weekend, and we passed. So uh, we got our white belts. We're feeling good about that. Oh, good. You know, it's, it's, Congratulations. It's just it's nice to like actually. Pass a milestone, pass a test, try your work hard, pass mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. But I think we need QAV milestones. Like there should be little certificates that we give people for, you know, uh, acknowledging that you've maybe when they're fully invested and they've got a 20 stocks right. in a QAV portfolio, we give them a, a coffee mug or a certificate. A certificate, I think, would be nice. Coffee mug, one coffee mug, two coffee mugs, three. I think uh, Andrew Flipman should get a number of coffee mugs this week. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Doctor changed its filters. Well, that's the first uh, talking point. So uh, I'm sure everybody, at least our club members, are aware of this. Stock Doctor, out of the blue, no warning, just changed <laughs> their filters. 
on Monday and uh, I did send them an email thanking them for giving us no advance notice and saying, oh, no, they did. They did. When? I got an email saying that they weren't going to use the stock doctor valuation anymore last week. Yeah, but like on Friday or Saturday or yeah. something, and then yeah. they changed it on Monday and it just you know, <laughs> out of the blue. But anyway, I said a little bit of advance notice would have been nice to your strategic partners, whatever we are. <laughs> Anywho, apologies to everyone who had problems with their checklists uh, this week, uh, trying to accommodate that. <laughs> I think it was another Andrew uh, and Andrew on um, Facebook on Monday was like, yeah, I can't get the checklist to work. What's going on? I said, send it to me and I'll take a look. And I just said, I don't know, man, your data seems to be one column over for some reason. I don't know what's going on. And then somebody else on Facebook worked it out. So for a big cheers to whoever it was who figured that out. So um, Andrew Flitman and I did work together on putting out, uh, mostly his work, putting out a new version of the Flitman spreadsheet, and I think you've got a new version of the master spreadsheet that I'll be putting up today. Correct. Thank you. Yeah, I fixed that up today. Yeah, took out the column for Stock Doctor, but had to change all the references, et cetera, so it works now. So I asked Joanne Barrow, who's the head of marketing at Lincoln Indicators now, why they stopped doing the Lincoln valuation, as they call it. I said to her, why did you take out the SDIV? And she came back and said, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by the SDIV, but (laughs) if you mean the Lincoln valuation, yeah, 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 that. She obviously doesn't listen to the show. She said, uh, this is her uh, pro forma response, while Lincoln valuations have always tracked closely to consensus valuations, We've decided that by focusing on consensus price targets, we can leverage the expertise of leading global research houses and enable our analysts to focus on what they do best, optimizing and applying our quantitative methodology and assessing the active risks facing companies. Importantly, we believe the consensus price target should on its own, not be a primary reason for an investment decision, but rather in conjunction with our nine golden rules for investing, help investors evaluate an investment based on their blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Anyway, so basically saying that they've decided to downsize, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think further on when you went blah, 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 they say we believe investors should always be prepared to pay a premium for a quality star stock. (laughs) Yeah, it's like yeah. That's uh, always been the problem really? I've had with Stock Doctor is that they they do recommend you pay up for quality stocks, and no, it's you know they still get good results, so it's not necessarily a downside. But I remember my whole journey into my checklist kind of started when I was a Stock Doctor member very early on, and, and started to say, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't be buying any stock above what it's worth, even if it's a quality stock and started to work out IV calculations to apply. And, and I got a slight bump in my performance compared to Stock Doctor because of that. Yeah, she goes on to say, however, unhealthy, low-quality businesses trading at a discount to consensus price targets could demonstrate a value trap. Mm-hmm. For new listeners, what's a value trap again, Tony? Something's cheap, but it's cheap for a reason. So it might be able to buy something very cheaply. It's like, you know, your classic example of going and buying a, a knockoff anything, knockoff Apple Watch or a knockoff pair of sneakers, even though they've got a Nike swoosh on the side, you take them and go for a run and they're, they're done after a, a use. That's a value trap. And in the share market, it just means that uh, a share is, is way below what you would expect it to be priced at given the numbers but it's that low for a reason. And so if you bought it on a value basis, you'd find you'd probably lose money. Which is why we look at 
value and quality. Yeah, and sentiment as well. And sentiment, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's 65% humidity in my office and my glasses mm. are fogging up. Feels the same here too. More news. Uh, NAB breached its cell line last week, but uh, it also went ex-div on the 15th of November. I nearly sold it, jumping at shadows as I do, till I remembered to check for dividends. And I, I had to remember how to do that and ran through the analysis in our Facebook group. But uh, I think it's continued to go down. I haven't looked today. Do you know what it's at today? No, I thought it was good today. I had a look this morning but because one of my other stocks I need to sell, which is Super Retail Group. No, you just bought into them. Curse of the stock of the week, I know. Yeah. They've fallen below their, their sell line. Yeah. And uh, I was just going through my list of looking at things to buy and I checked on them and I'm pretty sure it's okay. Back up to 28.54 today. I... When I factored in the dividend stuff the other day, I figured out that the sell price was probably more like twenty eight twenty, but uh, and it did get down to that. I think maybe Monday or Tuesday this week, but it's back up above that, so it's all right. good for now. Yeah, that's a shame about Super Cheap Auto, Super Auto, Super Group, whatever they are. Super retail, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. And you asked the question on NAB about the franking credits and how to take that into mm-hmm. account. Yeah. So basically, the if you added back the franking credit with the dividend you receive, you get the company's before-tax profit, which is the whole idea. So you should check what the dividends are franked at because uh, sometimes you don't get a full tax benefit. But most companies, the vast majority of companies pay 30% tax and so you take the dividend and divide it by 0.7, which grosses it up to the uh, the total amount. And then the difference is the franking credit value. Did you say you multiply? No, divide. Divide the dividend mm-hmm. by... Yep, so if a dividend is 10 7. cents, you divide it by 0.7, mm-hmm. and it means that before the company paid tax, they made 14.2 and then the dividend is the 4.2 difference. Sorry, the franking credit is the 4.2 difference between the before-tax profit the company made and what they paid out after tax as a dividend. So if the dividend is 100% fully franked, Mm -hmm. you have to calculate, you look at the dividend, calculate the franking credit, add that back, and then add both of them back to the current share price. Yes. And that'll tell you... If it's above its sell line. So you take those off. No, add them back. Oh, yeah, I think we did this last time. Let me let yep. me go. So, like, <laughs> when I was looking at this last week, the Bredelator said the sell price it was it was um, trading at twenty eight sixty six. The Bredelator said the sell price was twenty eight eighty seven. So twenty eight sixty six was below the sell price. Mm-hmm. But I took the sell price and then took the dividend off of that, which was sixty seven cents, to give me twenty eight twenty. And said that was the real sell price. Yeah, you can take it off the sell price or add it back to the share price. Right. Either okay. way. Yeah. Either way. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I was just trying to work out what the real sell price is. So, in my way of doing it, you take the dividend plus the franking credit, take them both off the sell price, mm-hmm. according to the bread later. That'll tell you the real sell price. Or you could conversely add them to the current price and then just see how that compares to the bread later sell price. Correct. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Easy. 
And you can also, uh, you'll get that information in Stock Doctor too. It'll have a gro- what they call a grossed-up yield. Grossed-up yield in Stock Doctor is the total amount. I should build a spreadsheet for this. Uh, I know I said this last time, but build a spreadsheet for it so I can everyone can look at it next another time. Another spreadsheet? Yeah, what's with another spreadsheet? <laughs> get Andrew Flitman to build it for me. Sure. <laughs> He's got nothing better to do. <laughs> All right. So hope that hope everyone else understands that better than me. That's why I post these things on Facebook so people can tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, CLX is some the stock that we've got in our dummy portfolio, but I think it's a rule number one sell. We've got to get rid of it. Yeah, nice. Check that today. We do. It's dropped eleven uh, percent, I think, since we bought it. No, what we're going to replace it with? I think it may even be a sell. I think it's a sell on the bread line. That's oh. where I looked at that early on. So it comes out and, yeah, what did I sent you an email. What did they say to replace oh, it with? okay. Let me see my email. You said K-I-L. K-I-L. Really? Yeah, have it. Yeah. Oh, kangaroo Plantations, a.k.a. Kyland or Killand that's or right. something. It's been going up nicely too since we talked about it. Oh, that's nice. Mm. How are our stock tips going today? I think they're about 3.5% up or something since we started recording it. 4.27% cumulative, it says. It says SUL hasn't moved since we recommended it last week. Oh, no, sorry, everything just refreshed. 3% were up. (laughs) Yeah. And SUL's down 7% since uh, we recommended it. So 3%, is that good or bad? Oh, I think, well, look, it's probably not much better than the market at the moment. Yeah, right. But you can't, yeah, I have to compare it month to month with the market. And it's difficult to compare because we've held stocks over different periods. I'm not even sure it's a valid comparison, really. I think it's better to look at stock by stock. Yeah. And as I keep pointing out to people in our emails each uh, week, you know, some of them have done really well. Uh, some of them haven't done well, but the ones that haven't done well, if you obey rule one or the three point trend line, you would have ditched them quickly, relatively quickly. And uh, then you're left with the ones that are doing well. And some of them are still, you know, KRM's up 60%, CVW's up 41%, IMA's up 50%, KRL is up 12% since we recommended it. Some have done particularly well. And we're not taking out stock, so we're not removing super cheap from that list, are we? We're not running it like a portfolio, as you said last week. MHJ is up 41% since we recommended it, so some have done well. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Coal. Yeah, so I had a look at um, NHC today, and it's it's actually turned back up again. It had a bit of a drop there. And I just wanted to talk about the coal price chart because it's uh, a little bit tricky to find one. So... Stock Doctor doesn't have it, and I actually emailed them last week and they said they'd look into getting it for us, but it's not there yet. Index Mundi, as someone pointed out last year, can lag. So the Index Mundi coal graph, I think, was about two months out of date. I think it was showing a September end of month figure. And the coal price fell off a cliff in at the start of this month, and it's, it's dropped quite significantly. It still hasn't breached its sell line, but it's, you'd certainly call it a Josephine. It's down a lot. So I just wanted to point that out. You'll have to go searching for it on the internet. Intex Mundi didn't, didn't have a useful graph. But if you Google five-year thermal Australian coal price, you'll find one to use. But just be careful of that because I know when I was doing research into NHC and I went to Index Mundi, I went, oh, coal price looks fine, but it's old data. 
Right. Okay. And it's interesting. There's a bit of a if so. New Hope's going up, even though the coal price is going down, and FMG's going up, even though the iron ore price is going down. There's a bit of a disconnect with some of these companies, so I'm not sure what else is going on. In FMG's case, I think it's the fact that people are buying into the lithium play and the the new green hydrogen facility and all of the things that Andrew Forrest is talking about doing with 10% of profits every year. But, yeah, the iron ore price is looking anemic. I, I, the underlying commodities, I think, is always a good trend to watch. And uh, I think coal's still a Josephine, and I think iron ore's still a sell, even though some of the shares, some of the companies that, that mine and sell those commodities are actually turning the, the corner. So coal, you say it's a Josephine. Mm-hmm. I've got it up here in uh, Trading Economics. That's the one I was just trying to say. That's the one I found data on today. XAL1. And if you look at it in November, the coal prices dropped from $218, I guess it's a tonne. Yep, US dollars a tonne, down to 157 US dollars a tonne. So it's dropped off quite considerably. And if you three-point trend line, that chart, it looks like it's you know, still way above its sell line. Mm. Correct. So the sell line, the sell price for coal as a commodity would be around about 110 bucks, 115 Well, is it, is it lower? Let me just have a look. Uh, you got a lower, a low in January 2016 of 48 80 and then the next one is August 2020 at 49.80, but that might be within 8%, I think. So I'm going to use this L1, August 2020, and then L2 is going to be October 2020. So, yeah, the price, the sell price is going to be... January 16 would be off a five-year chart anyway. Right, okay. Yep. Outside of the five years. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be around 120 a ton and it's currently yeah, 157. Right. Yeah. So it's got a fair way to go before it breaches its sell line as a commodity. Yeah, correct. But the coal price is definitely dropping like a Josephine. Dropping like a Josephine. Not tonight, Josephine, as we say. All right. I'm going to take a screenshot of that to put up on the blog post. Mm-hmm. Right. What else you got for me, TK? VTG? Yeah, just a couple of... Um, Stocks to talk about for the week. VTG, which is Vita Group, who's, was back on the buy list last week. I checked it today. It's back off the buy list today. And the reason for both of those things is that Vita Group, which is a predominantly a Telstra reseller, and I've owned the shares many years ago when they, they did really well, and then they dropped quickly because Telstra restructured the contract with them because Telstra thought they were making too much profit and wanted some back. And now finally, many years later, maybe 10 years later, Telstra has now bought the stores back from VTG. So there's going to be a a very large capital return, but to receive that, you had to be on the books last week. So that's why the share price has dropped now. It's starting to reflect the fact that the capital return is happening. So the business itself is pivoting to another channel that they've been developing around wellness, health and wellness. So they've got a chain of, um, not sure what they are, spas, I guess. Uh, and you know, claim that's the way of the future for Vita Group, and they'll take the Telstra money and give it back to customers and continue to be a, a health and wellness business. So it dropped off the buy list again today because of that big drop when the uh, when it went ex dividend, which is a special dividend. Um, we'll see, wait and see if it comes back on when the health and wellness business continues. 
every sharehole and gets a free day spa. I think that's uh, how they get to market it. Yeah, I, I, I owned them for a while. I sold them back in September. I think they were a rule one sell for me back then. Just All right. Better, um, yep, sorry. I was just going to say better luck next time, VTG. Yes, what else you got? Eclipse has new results in Stock Doctor because they're one of these companies that have a September reporting date. Their QAV score dropped from last time I looked, it was 0.41 down to 0.33. I haven't checked what they were today, but the new results made the score drop. And I've noticed there's something funny going on with Eclipse because they're still doing their buyback, but the share price is dropping. So I've been trying to search for any, any other information. My first thought was the annual results had a problem, but uh, they were well received by the market and the share price went up when they were announced. And there's still good results as far as QAV is concerned, but the share price is dropping a bit, mm. about 10% in the last few weeks. Mm. Yeah. I'm slightly underwater with my ECG, I think. Uh, a bit over. I paid $2.13 for them back in June. Mm-hmm. And they're $2.15, I think, today. So, yeah, hasn't, hasn't been great. That was ECX, by the way. Sorry, what did I say? ECG. ECG. ECX. Yeah, yeah, ECX, I mean, yeah. And we've... There are stock tip too a while back, end of October. Yeah, it's probably the, the curse of the stock tip. <laughs> That's what it was. That's why the price is going back. Yes. It's nothing to do with fundamentals. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll just tap the microphone here and let the Chinese people know that uh, we, we, we acknowledge their presence. <laughs> <laughs> we acknowledge their power. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what else we got? The other sort of uh, move I noticed last week, Hawthorne Resources is now in the iron ore business. Um, it's getting close to its buy price, but of course, iron ore is still a, an underlying commodity sell. So, but I just thought it was interesting. Hawthorne, I think from memory, was an ore company when we first owned it. Right. And now it's in the iron ore business. So there you go. Yeah, I was doing my checklist on uh, Monday with Taylor and I was like, oh, no, Hawthorne, they're good. And then I went, oh, hold on. No, they're a commodity sell. They're uh mm. I went and really looked at them and saw Iron Ore was a big player. All right. Well, should we get into questions, Tony? Or Stock of the Week first? Ah, oh, thank you. Stock of the Week. Should we? Uh, we need to do like a, a mafia racket here and go around to companies and say, look, we can talk about your company <laughs> Stock of the Week or you can pay us. Yeah, 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 yeah. How much is it worth to you to keep us quiet? <laughs> yeah. uh, so small cap Stock of the Week is... Y-O-W, Yowie. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a contentious call. Why is that? Oh, because their chart is like uh, the flat line from hell. It's one I, I hate looking at the Yowie chart every week. I'm like, <laughs> oh, not this one again. I've got to get my, got to get, look, got to get the magnifying glass out. i got to look up at the line is, you know, it's trickling along there. It's like. Scott Morrison trying to take a position on something. It's just, is it, is it for, is it against, is it above, it's a down, what's it going on, what's going on? Maybe it needs to do a focus group and work out what it needs to position itself as. Yeah, but you, you know you've got to use the three-year chart for this one. Even with the three-year chart, it's still like getting out the old uh, jeweler's magnifying glass there. It's a dodgy one. Oh, uh, really? You think? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, no, it is. It's fine. Have a look. Do a, do a three-year chart. I'm just uh, bringing up my checklist from Monday because I can't. Actually, I did a new one yesterday because I thought I was going to buy something. Yeah, it I doesn't look good in the red later because it's one of those small decimal place stocks. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I've got, um, okay, I've got 
L1 back in July 2020. And then it kind of hits a number of L2s all the way along, one in December 2021 in June 2021 and October 2021 that keeps above those all the time. So yeah, it's, it's not going up fast, but it is going up. L1. Yeah, I was on my buy list this week. QAV score of 0.34, so I must have given it a pass. Mm. Yeah, I think it is too. But just beware, people, it's it's a very small stock. ADT is only $4,000, so it's not going to suit everyone. might suit the millennials. <laughs> <laughs> Even the millennials, really? You'd put, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a low stock. Well, that can be our, that can be our Yahoo Finance series, Stocks for Millennials. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Some of the millennials have probably got more money than I do to invest. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a that's the, the small cap one, which I won't go into the nitty-gritty on, but the big cap one I wanted to talk about in detail was Perseus Mining, P-R-U. P-R-U. Yeah, and I, I, I was going through today trying to work out which one to make it. Normally I, I'll look at the next large cap down the list, and there was a couple ahead of PRU, but uh, I noticed PRU is getting close to dropping off the list. Its QAV score is only 0.11, so I thought we should talk about it today in case the share price keeps appreciating. It'll drop off soon. So, yeah, so Perseus Mining, it's a West African gold miner, much in the vein of West African resources. It owns mines. It's a gold miner, and it owns mines in Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire, and uh, they're both in West Africa, obviously. And uh, it's it came out with some good news in its last quarterly report recently. And uh, the exploration that we've talked about before on the show that these gold mining companies do around their current mines um, literally struck gold. And uh, so they've, they've been able to upgrade their projections uh, and the share price has been rising since then. So that's a bit of background about uh, Perseus. It's The other thing to talk about is the gold commodity price itself and it's been drifting sideways for a while but it's still a hundred US dollars above its its sell price at the moment but I think what might happen if the gold price keeps sort of going up and down but largely in a, a left to right holding pattern eventually the sell price will catch up to it in because it's a, a rising line in about I think probably about three or four months so just sort of keep that in mind as a risk with gold miners at the moment, but um, but Perseus still has a great set of numbers. So to go through them, we have uh, a QAV score of 0.11, as I said, large ADT, so $6.5 million, and a quality score of 77%. Oh, I should say I own this stock as well. I just wanted to declare that it's a stock I own. It's a large cap stock on the on the buy list, which pretty much guarantees that I'll, I'll have a stake in it. It's a star growth stock, which also means it's got... Um, Strong financial health and steady financial health. The share price when I did my analysis today was $1.68 and today being 24th of November. It's less than its consensus price target, which is good, but it is, um, it's get, getting fully valued. The PE for this company is 18 times, which is high, and price to cash flow is 6.83. So it's very close to, to coming off the buy list from a, a price to cash flow point of view. It's greater than its book. Price and book plus 30. It's greater than our IV1. It's less than IV2, but it's not, the share price um, is not half of IV2. Uh, so it doesn't get the extra point. 
it's got really strong EPS growth. And if we do the EPS growth over the P rating, we get a score of 5.1, which is very high. Our threshold for a good stock is 1.5. Director holdings are small, which surprised me. There's no founder owner. And in, in aggregate, the directors are holding less than half of 1% of the company, which is interesting. The PE isn't the lowest or the highest, so it gets a zero for our PE score. The equity has been increasing consistently, which is good, but it is having a down day today. It's down a couple of percent today, so people might just want to hang off if they're thinking of buying it and just check it for an update. But yeah, have a look at Perseus Mining, another gold miner in West Africa. Thank you, Tony. Very good. I'll be shorting that as soon as we uh, finish the show. I'll be sending Alex a text telling him to sell it all today too. <laughs> joking, people. We're yes, just no, we joking. Do we don't game the system. Our published trading policy is we don't trade anything that's our stock of the week for 24 hours after the show, until 24 hours after the show comes out. Yeah. You can find that on our website. I saw... Somebody jumped on our Facebook page, the free, you know, the non-club page the other day and uh, in response to one of our stock tip posts and said, oh, what are you pumping and dumping this week? Uh. <laughs> I just sent a link to our trading policy. Obviously, this person's never listened to the show and doesn't know us from Adam, but, um, yeah, I understand that that's their uh, instinctual, instinctive reaction. Absolutely. Because there probably are a lot of people pumping and dumping. Yeah. And look, you know, maybe people should be dumping out tips because they tend to drop down. <laughs> We're pumping, they're dumping. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, look, all the pump and dumps happening in crypto right now. It's not mm. in stocks. It's all in crypto. Yeah. All right. Can we get into questions? Absolutely. Too hot in my office. We've got to wrap this up. Stuart, first question this week. ATP. Baby, you know me. It would be interesting to hear if TK thought the rule number one at 10% for these smaller caps still applies. I'm on the roller coaster and should probably sell at minus 12%, but it would be the shortest stock holding I've ever had. <laughs> Good old rule number one questions. It used to be three-point trend line questions, and when the bread later came out, they seem to have mostly gone away. Yeah. Now it's rule number one questions is the flavour these days. <laughs> Even though I think it must be like every week we go, hey, it still applies. Everyone's like, really? But does it really? Does it really? Yeah. Does it really apply in this case? And you're like, yeah, it does. But does it apply to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's yeah. ATP? Oh, Atlas, Atlas Pearls. Pearls. Yeah. yeah, it's our stock of the week, mm. and it's going yeah. up. Yay. <laughs> oh, I, still, still oh. plenty of time to dump. <laughs> how did how did that happen? <laughs> Just to snuck through the Chinese. Actually, it's. Yeah. Zero since we recommended it, according to my right. uh, sheet. Okay. Hasn't moved. Well, that's all the time we have for the free episode this week. If you're brand new, just want to let you know that we have a free episode and a club episode each week. Free episode runs for about half an hour. Club episode usually runs for an hour to an hour and a half where we get into more of the nitty-gritty and answer a lot more questions from our club members. Uh, for example, this week, some of the things that we talked about in the club edition are whether or not QAV is shifting markets. Uh, by telling people what to buy and what to sell and when to buy and when to sell, uh, whether or not ECX will settle down when its buyback is complete, the three-point trend lines for Supergroup, SUL, and how to live and trade in a choppy market, which we're in at the moment. 
If you want to check out our club editions and get access to the checklist and the private Facebook group and our Zoom calls and invites to our private dinners and to be asked, able to ask Tony questions, etc., etc., um, you can check out the uh, club benefits on our website, qavpodcast.com.au. Sign up for the free two-week trial. And if you're brand new and, and you don't really know who Tony is or you know why you should listen to him, go back and uh, have a listen to episodes 301, 303 and 305 where we go through Tony's story, his background, his 30 years in investing, how he developed the checklist, how the checklist works, why it works etc you can find those on the front page of our website you find a link to the getting started episodes or you can uh look for them in your podcast player of choice 301 303 and 305 season 3 1 season 3 3 and season 3 episode 5 um so with that uh good luck have a good week and uh, we'll be back next week QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFSL 520442, AFS representative number 00129217. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presented as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions. Thank you.